0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Just heard from Seton O'Connor. He was outside of Graceland in Memphis and ready to head towards Houston, trying to avoid a storm there in the Midwest, Southwest. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. It'll be uh, show used, that van, when it gets out to Los Angeles. And you can still, this is the last day you can enter the contest. Go to danpatrick.com. You can enter and you can uh, get the rules there. But you can win that Sprinter van thanks to uh, Mercedes Benz. Poll question from the first hour Todd and are we staying with said poll question.
2: Yes, to Tom Brady intentionally not acknowledge the Patriots in his retirement announcement. Just having a little fun, not making any accusations. Yes, 72%, <laughs> no,
1: 28. All right. Todd came up with some numerology as to why Tom Brady waited until yesterday to make the official announcement. He doesn't do
2: anything randomly, right? He's very specific about everything he does.
1: No, that was definitely planned, planned probably for weeks. I don't think you put together a PowerPoint or a slideshow without spending a few uh, days on that and his entire team. So let the audience in on your beautiful mind with the numerology behind Tom Brady announcing his retirement. yesterday.
2: My initial thought was what's the first of the month. And maybe that's a good starting point. But there's much more to it than that. Yesterday was February 1st, 2022. So that's two one two two. The middle numbers of that date makes the number 12. Obviously, TB12. Also, the first two numbers backwards from February 1st. Is 12 so there you go with that if you're not convinced yet i got a few more brady ends his career with a completion percentage of 64.2 percent if you add up those numbers six four and two number 12 for mr tom brady's jersey if you add the numbers of this particular date yesterday two one two two that comes out to seven which just happens to be the number of Super Bowl titles that Tom Brady has. And one more, just to push it home a little bit further, why he picked February 1st, 2022. He threw 43 touchdown passes in what is now his final season. 43 touchdown passes, 4 and 3, 7 rings. Boo Yahtzee.
1: Also, 4 times 3 is the 12.
2: number of TB12. Exactly. Even another one. That's a fifth reason. It's got to be something to that date of February 1st, 2022. For and
1: 2020. he played for two NFL team. Look at you. Yes, Paul. He's on his
2: second marriage. I don't know if that
1: fact. No, no, in. no. That's a bad. thing. He didn't get married. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he just, he just had a, a, a son okay. with Bridget Moynihan. Uh, after twenty two seasons. Okay. Oh, Todd. That's another. Look at that. We got like <laughs> seven already.
2: There was not a random date picked out of a hat.
1: I, I, I apologize to our audience. I love that you're I, getting it on this. I'm right? an enabler. I apologize. I apologize. Tom <laughs> Brady officially retired yesterday, but the uh, Brady camp continues to refute the rumors. There's still people who think that Tom is going to end up playing someplace because if you look down through history, players who have retired and then they come back. Well, at 44, coming back is different than 35. But maybe 44 is the new 35. But, you know, did Tom go out of his way to not say anything about the Patriots yesterday? It feels like most of you agree that that's probably what happened here. But Tom did thank the Patriots in kind of glorious fashion two years ago. I mean, he, he was really quite generous with his uh, praise for them, his love for them, his appreciation. I, I just thought, you know, is Tom that petty where he's going to go? You know, I'm not going to acknowledge them. I, it feels like Tom is too media savvy here, where Tom's going to go. If I don't thank the Patriots, you know, I'm going to get roughed up here. Uh, you know that, and maybe maybe he didn't think that, but you would you would think that he would go. Uh, how do they criticize this? Like this is what I would do if I was going to put out something. Then I would say, okay, what are they going to nitpick on this? How about you just say, as I said two years ago, and here's a link to it. I'll never forget what the Patriots meant to me, that Bill Belichick took a chance on a guy drafted 199th that year and gave me a chance and let me take over for a quarterback who was making $100 million. Gave me that opportunity, stayed with me. We did this together. I guess you could do that. But it felt like this was, how does the media get a little more mileage out of Tom Brady? How do we get a few more clicks here? Maybe a segment on a show. It felt like, oh, Tom, I don't know what his feelings are with, you know, it seems like he still loves Mr. Kraft. I don't know if he could ever love Belichick. He respects him, but... You know, I go back to the interview I did with him prior to the Super Bowl they lost to the Eagles. I said, Do you think you ever open up the scrapbook and you know take a trip down memory lane with Bill Belichick? And he goes, No. <laughs> That's not their relationship. But I think the people of New England, Tom's savvy enough to know. That they're going to read into this. Now, I don't know if he does something down the road. I don't know if he signs a one year deal or a one day deal with the Patriots and you know, retires as a patriot. You know, I I'm I'm sorry, I, I like to move this forward, actually have something based in reality of what's Gronk gonna do now? Does Gronk want to come back? Does he want to come back to Tampa? Does he want to go west coast? I don't know. I was curious about that. Because Gronk is still valuable. I don't know. Imagine if Gronk retired. So that Hall of Fame class, you'd have Roethlisberger, Brady, Gronk. Maybe Adrian Peterson would be in there. Those would be your first ballot guys. That'd be pretty impressive there. But I'm curious what happens to Tampa's quarterbacking situation? Is Kyle Trask going to get the uh, the gig? Are they going to bring Jameis Winston back? Is Jimmy Garoppolo in the mix? Those are the things that I kind of concentrate on. Not, you know, Tom didn't acknowledge the Patriots. All right. So maybe Jim Gray will ask him. Tom, you didn't ask. You didn't uh, acknowledge uh, the Patriots here. I do feel bad for, for Jim because you host a show with Tom Brady. Couldn't Tom give Jim a cookie? Couldn't he just say, you know, I am going to have I am going to have an announcement tomorrow on my future? Just something. I mean, it's Tom's show. That's he. Did, it's not like he's coming on my show and he goes, "I want to announce I am retiring." You got your own show. Got your own Let's Go podcast. Here is Jim, you know, trying to chip away. Like, what are you going to do? What's the time frame here? What are you going to factor in here? <laughs> and maybe Jim knew. And then you're in a situation of, I can't really, I'm not going to get the answer to the question, and I know the answer. But I'm guessing as close as Jim is with Tom, Jim had a pretty good idea that Tom was going to retire. The question is, when? And then you're asked to play along with that. Like, I got to ask the questions. All right, but I'm not answering them. Okay, I'll still ask them there. Spent a lot of time talking about what's going on with uh, Brian Flores and his uh, lawsuits with the NFL, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Broncos. I don't know what the NFL does. Plus, you you have this gap week here. So this is where you're looking for stories in the media. Well, you got one. Harbaugh in Minnesota, this lawsuit here, uh, the commissioner will be at uh, the Super Bowl. Is he going to be... Uh, well, he does his State of the Union address every Super Bowl. No questions. No (laughs) questions this year. We're trying a new thing. No questions. But Commissioner, I just (laughs) wanted to... Nope, we're not taking any questions here. But uh, Jim Harbaugh's in Minnesota, and I get the feeling that he wouldn't get on that plane if he wasn't going to get back on that plane to go back to Ann Arbor to say, I'm taking the Vikings job. Maybe. But it feels like... You get to that point. If I'm, if I'm Michigan, without saying it, I certainly let him know, Jim, you get on that plane, you're not our head coach. We're, we're searching for it. I think it's fair because this is National Signing Day. And I think if you say, if Jim goes, hey, I'm, I'm going to go talk to the Vikings, I, I would have no problem saying, if you leave, Jim, on that plane, when you come back, you're not our head coach anymore. We have to move on. We can't make this about one person. This is about alumni and boosters and fans, you know, Ann Arbor, everything. And I would have no problem just saying, you want to go to the NFL gym? Go. You you want to work for that owner in Miami? You can go there too. Yeah, Paul.
3: Since it's National Signing Day, maybe Harbaugh goes to like a gymnasium in mm. somewhere and has a Michigan hat and a Minnesota Vikings hat in front of him. Like and a the, Dolphins hat. yeah, And a Dolphins hat. Yeah.
1: That's good TV. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, one of the other stories on the day. Broncos are for sale. You got $4 billion. That's what's probably going to cost for the Broncos. I'm
2: going to take a look at my back pocket. I may have just <laughs> enough to. How great would that be to one day on the Broncos? It's not going to happen. No, it's not. It's a good fantasy to have. Imagine that.
1: Maybe you get a group together.
2: That's a lot of, I don't think I know anywhere near the number of people that could buy one 1,000. You the do Broncos. know Warren Buffett. You have his number. I kind of do. At least his PR person could maybe uh,
1: help <laughs> yes. me out a little bit. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Buffett's office. Yeah, this Todd Fritz, uh, Dan Patrick show. Yes, and what's this in regard to? Um, could you ask uh, Mr. Buffett if he'd like to go in with me to buy the Broncos? Oh, uh, yeah. How much are you putting up? Ah, uh, about 1000 about $1,200. That's reasonable. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know what? I'm would. I would, I'm such a Bronco fan, $1,500. Wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, big day yesterday for USC. Uh, Caleb Williams, the Oklahoma quarterback, is going to follow Lincoln Riley to USC. I don't make this, I, this doesn't make them a national contender. Not yet. I think, I think give him a year and uh, then you're, you're going to probably see USC as a national contender. But I don't think – I still think they got some holes there. Um, You know, that wasn't a good team. And he's going to get guys, but I think kind of, you know, installing his system. But you got your quarterback. Now, I am curious what the final NIL package was for Caleb Williams. Because Caleb Williams says, I'm not a businessman. I'm business man. Wisconsin was interested in him, probably some other schools. He's the first free agent in college football history. First name, image, and likeness free agent in college football. And he's able to say, look, uh, who wants me? I mean, that's, what, that's what's happening here. I don't think anybody thought this through. It's like, um, hey, we don't want to give him any money, so uh, name, image, and likeness. Well, there's no salary, Cam. Maybe they thought that it would cap itself. Well, Let's go back to the old days where how much was a running back going to cost you? Uh, probably a car, maybe a house for your mom, um, maybe some you know walking around money, fifty thousand dollars. All right, look at the importance of a star quarterback to a school. What does that mean? And now they you know we're going to have a 12 team playoff eventually. You're going to be getting these guys who can bring you. What kind of revenue? The return you're going to get on that investment. Caleb Williams. Well, in the open market, you know, you could just say, how about uh, $3 million? Like, it's not a big deal. The athletic department's not paying for it. The boosters are. You get a billionaire who goes, um, who do we want? Well, we can get that running back, and we can get that wide receiver, and we can get that quarterback. How much is it going to cost me? It's going to cost you about $5.5 million. All right. They sign sign a name, image, and likeness deal with you? I mean, there's no salary cap. But, But college football, the NCAA, was so adamant. We're not paying these players. This is how we get around not paying these players. Well, now this has become who gives the best name, image, and likeness deals to these players. Lane Kiffin said it yesterday. You know, he got Jackson Dart, the former USC quarterback. You know, you're just basically saying, What do you want? What's it gonna take for you to join us? Yeah, Paul.
3: We were joking a couple of weeks ago, but it's true Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, probably made more than Jalen Hurts made this year as a pro quarterback with the Eagles. Caleb Williams, let's say let's say his deal next year is two million dollars all encompassing of all his deals. That's more than a lot of rookie quarterback deals for the first year. Yeah. Guys who aren't top five draft choices.
1: Yes. And the fact that uh, you know, Bryce Young made $1.3 million, I was told. Now, maybe it's more. That's what I was told. So he made more, $500,000 more than Jalen Hurts playing in the National Football League. Uh, we did spend a lot of time on Brian Flores and what's going to happen, the fallout here. And that's, I'd love to know what's going on at NFL headquarters today. I'd love to know. What the commissioner is saying? Who's he saying it to? Is he on the phone with Stephen Ross of the Dolphins? Is he talking to John Elway? Is he talking to the Giants? Or just talk to your lawyers here? But Brian Flores might turn out to be the Kurt Flood of uh, coaches, and you know, Kurt Flood for what he fought for with free agency, it uh, it hurt him, caught his you know, uh, caused him to uh, have a Shortened career. Colin Kaepernick, you know, cost him his career as well. Ryan Flores appears to be willing to sacrifice the future of his uh, coaching career because of this. All right, we'll take a break. Phone calls coming up, and uh, we're going to stay with our poll question, Todd, for the second hour? I think we should. All right, then we will. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. LifeLock is here to help you and remind you You know, that identity theft is a serious crime. Reduce your odds of becoming a target by practicing several top safety tips to protect your identity. Keep social sharing to a minimum. Checking financial accounts, credit reports regularly. Watching out for phishing attempts there. Updating your passwords so they're harder to guess. Every day we put so much information at risk on the internet. In an instant, a cyber crime could happen. A cyber criminal could steal what's yours. That's why it's Great that there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been uh, breached, then they send you uh, an alert. You have uh, access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But help protect what is yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Promo code PATRICK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. LifeLock.com, promo code PATRICK for 25% off. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Our Ohio. T-shirt available. DanPatrick.com. Get you ready for the Super Bowl. By the way, The Office is streaming now exclusively on Peacock. Whether you know every quote or you're newbie to Scranton, you can do it. And uh, the season four Superfan episodes, featuring completely new scenes and extended cuts, sign up at PeacockTV.com to stream now. Your phone calls in the on deck circle. Let's bring in uh, our good buddy Steve palazzolo the co-host of Pro Football Focus NFL podcast now that uh, Brady has announced his retirement how do you put his numbers in into perspective here uh, or quantify them yeah I mean
0: we our data at PFF uh, only goes back to 2006 so we we missed the first few seasons of Brady's career but since 2006 you know we've graded every player on every play in the NFL he's the number one graded quarterback during that time uh, he's number one in our wins above replacement metric by far that's the same metric he was number one this past year he we had him as the most valuable player in the NFL and I was actually uh I tweeted that out yesterday maybe a little confusing the way I tweeted it but he's the most valuable player you know since the start of 2021 since the start of 2020 since the start of 2018 the Patrick Mahomes era so I think that's one way to to quantify Brady's greatness no matter which year you pick he's the most valuable player since that point using our war metric um, despite having Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and all the other great quarterbacks that have that have come and gone or are still around in the, in the NFL right now, so but what Brady's do you factor been, in
1: on naming him MVP?
0: Yeah, so for us, it's 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 evaluating every single play, right? So we go through each play, and if Brady makes a great throw and it's dropped, uh, we're going to give him credit for that properly, right? So it's isolating his play from everyone else's. And when you do that back to 2006, he's he's our highest graded, he's our most valuable. And and then in, in this particular season, where I think Aaron Rodgers probably ends up winning the MVP, we did have Brady graded higher and more valuable because a lot of those hidden plays went Brady's way, where Aaron Rodgers had a little bit more luck in those in, in you know in a few other areas where Brady didn't, particularly say like interceptions.
1: Brady's best year and worst year were what?
0: Yeah, it's tough to argue with. 2007 as his best year i i honestly think 2016 was his best year you know so he's coming off the deflate gate deal as far as throwing the football in pure pff grade that was his best year from start to finish they end up winning the super bowl of course against the falcons worst year uh 2013 2019 the two years where i think if you look back at you know the weapons and, and what was happening in new england at that time it was also the two worst supporting casts that that brady's had but i think. 2013 and 2019 are the two years that stand out that clearly were not in
1: line with the rest of Brady's career. What quarterbacks are close to him in history? I mean, just so just
0: within the era, I
1: think it, it's it was pretty
0: clear it was Brady, Peyton, Breeze and Rogers as that elite tier. But uh, it is fascinating that Brady's even been able to you know separate himself from that group. Of course, from a from a winning standpoint, you know he was always compared to Joe Montana, his idol. There was a lot of Elements to their game that was similar, right? The, the underdog mentality and always finding a way to win and all the Super Bowls and all that stuff. So, you know, I think I think Brady clearly established himself as the best quarterback of all time. But when you go back and if you're even trying to debate, you're looking at a a Peyton Manning, a, a Joe Montana, um, and then within the era, you know, adding Rodgers and Breeze to that.
1: I was also looking back at 2019. I think he threw 24 touchdown passes for New England. They were moving on. He was moving on. Like, did did New England do the right thing statistically of moving on from Brady looking at what uh he did that season.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one because I don't think their roster was just absolutely in shambles. They were coming off of three horrible years drafting. Uh you know, there's QB stats are mostly driven by the QB but very strongly driven by the supporting cast as well, by how many, you know, good receivers you have that get open and obviously Brady benefited a little bit from going to Tampa Bay with great guys to throw to. But it's interesting because our numbers weren't as bad as, say, the raw numbers, right? So a lot of QB metrics had him 25th or 20th in the league that particular year. We had him 12th. So we were saying, look, he's still playing way better than the stats would show. So if you do put him into a better situation, he could perform. And I don't even think New England was equipped to build that right situation for him in 2020, given, you know, their cap limitations and, you know, the fact that they
1: hadn't drafted well in a few years. What, how would you quantify Stafford's years in Detroit, like how good a quarterback was he for a bad team?
0: Yeah. I always describe Stafford as a guy, if you watch him the right three games, he looks incredible. I mean, there's (laughs) three games a year, right? That he just looks unbelievable. And, and, And he's like, he's streaky too. He's feeling it. And you saw this a little bit this year. He's no look passes and he's just making incredible plays, but the consistency was never there. Uh, my early prediction with him coming to the Rams is that I think McVay would get the best out of him, maybe have a career year. He's just getting to that career year from a PFF grade standpoint. He just just jumped over uh, his career mark over these last few games, but the production is through the roof. So I think Stafford's always been a good quarterback. I've I've always thought of him as the 10th or 11th best quarterback of his era here, which has been a pretty good you know era of quarterbacks, which is a good quarterback, right? And again, if you put him in the right situation, which apparently he is right now with the Rams, can get a lot of production out of them.
1: I'll ask you the same question I asked Carson Palmer. You can have Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow. One game.
0: I think, yeah. So one game's interesting because I think Stafford's ceiling, like that high end is incredible. I do think Burrow's a better quarterback overall, right? The youth factor and what he's going to be going forward. The one game element of it, though, Stafford can do some special stuff, right? You also saw him throw it to a safety there. But Burrow made those. He had a couple bad decisions in the fourth quarter as well. So uh, one game, it's closer. But overall, I'll take Joe Burrow. You know, I don't want to overuse the it factor thing, but <laughs> but 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 there's an element to this. right? Going back to Brady really quick. Right. There are still Brady detractors out there. There's a few of them. Right. Who are like, oh, he had a bad game here. He had a bad game there. We just saw Patrick Mahomes have a bad game. Right. There are bad games out there, but what made Brady special is he always bounced back, whether within the game, the next game, the next season, he always bounced back. And I think Burrow has elements of that. Even when things aren't going great, you have that feeling Joe Burrow is going to
1: bounce back. So give me Burrow. How would you how did you grade Jimmy Garoppolo this year?
0: It was not his finest season. Um, he started off horrible. He was good. Has in he the had middle.
1: a finest season? Yeah, you know,
0: 2017, the six games that he played with the 49ers after he came over was probably the best stretch of play in his career. The funny thing about 2019, when they went to the Super Bowl, we said, I said we had Brady 12th that year. Garoppolo was 13th in our grading that year, (laughs) but he had that Kyle Shanahan system. So the stats were really good, plus the playmakers that they've had there. So Garoppolo's been a top half of the NFL quarterback, and I think he was say week seven through 18 or whatever during the regular season. But yeah, this playoff run was not good. If it did coincide with his thumb injury, it did look like he was having a tr- trouble with his accuracy. Maybe that was a factor, but Garoppolo was a mid-tier at best type of quarterback with high-end production in part
1: because of that system. Who were the worst quarterbacks grade-wise this year?
0: It was all the rookies. You know, Zach Wilson really struggled and Trevor Lawrence really struggled. Uh, Justin Fields came out of it a little bit toward the end, but they were, those were the bottom end guys. Baker Mayfield was, was down there among the, the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So Mac, Mac Jones. No, not Matt, not all the rookies Mac was good. Mac was uh mid tier to high end as far as he didn't have as much on his plate as far as what the Patriots asked him to do in most games, but he was accurate. Generally a good decision maker, Mac Jones, by far the best of the rookies, but the other High-end rookies, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson; those guys
1: struggled a bit. Do you simulate the Super Bowl results at Pro Football Focus?
0: Um, I I haven't. We uh, we do have uh, an analytics team that that works through that. I'm not sure what their uh, what their results are at the moment, but we do have stuff we've worked on.
1: Great to talk to you again, Steve. Thank you for joining us. All right, thanks, Dan. Steve Pazzosola, co-host of Pro Football Focus NFL podcast. Yeah, we thought it would be interesting just to talk to him since they grade every single play. And that I don't think it was close for MVP that Brady was the best quarterback this year. And then walking away. Yeah, Paul.
3: I kind of know the answer to this, but you grew up, Your Jim Brown left football early. Now, early. Nine, he, nine seasons. Nine seasons. He was the best player in football still, correct? Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Tom Brady's going to lead football as maybe first or second for the MVP. And according to the stats, yeah. the best quarterback in football. I can't think of too many athletes who've left the sport as the best. Barry Sanders is right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Barry's going to join us uh, in Los Angeles. But I thought Barry, when he retired, was still the best running back in football. Calvin Johnson, you could make a case, is the best wide receiver in football when he retired. Uh, I'm, I know we're missing, leaving out some people. But just off the top of my head, um, Peyton Manning wasn't. Uh montana wasn't far wasn't you know, you might have a, a, a case where aaron Rodgers will be the best quarterback in football when he decides to retire yeah paul when,
3: when michael jordan left the bulls the second time he was still right up there scoring assists all the numbers when you know when jerry Krause decided to do the rebuild a yeah. year early yeah
1: still right there he was but then he came back to play for washington but when he we thought he was retiring then at the time, he was still the best player in basketball. Um, Andrew Luck had gotten up to a pretty high level when he decided to walk away. I'm, I'm sure we're leaving out a lot of people. Uh, Sandy Koufax was at an extremely high level when he decided to retire. He may have won 27 games that year. Um, but his, his shoulder, his, or his arm was deteriorating. Bjorn Borg. Borg was 26 when he retired. And I think he had just won Wimbledon. Uh, Yeah, Paul?
3: I'm looking at Sandy Koufax's numbers. He retired at the age of 30, 27-9 with a 1.73 ERA. (laughs) Those are both career bests. So he had the best season of his career. He won both the Cy Young and finished second in the MVP and retired. He was clearly the best pitcher in baseball, and he had his, his
1: best season of his career. Let me get a couple of phone calls. People have been on hold for a while. Ryan in Iowa. Ryan, thanks for holding. What do you have for us this morning? Aloha, Dan! (laughs) I got a stat of the day for Joe Burrow. Um, I was wondering if I could do the classic music. Okay, uh, Marvin, uh, hit hit, uh, stat of the day music. What's the classic one? Just the one we always use? Yeah, the, the hard rock one. Oh, okay. All right. And three, two, one. Got a stat of the day over there, Marv? Turn up the volume. Joe Burrow could become the third quarterback on Super Bowl Sunday to win a national championship and a Super Bowl in their career. The two other quarterbacks to do that are Joe Namath and Joe Montana, both also named Joe. All right. Thank you, Ryan. That's your stat of the day. Uh, Nick in Virginia. Nick's been on hold. What's on your mind today, Nick?
3: Hey Dan, first time, long time. Five
2: nine one seventy. All right. Um, so I'm just calling you to say pretty it's nothing to worry about with anything going bad because it already did in Virginia and Washington and Maryland with Danny Boy finding a way to uni-
0: unify the fans against him. It was a horrible day of putting out the Washington Commanders and their wonderful New Jerseys making us look like the AAF team that was the Commanders. Um, and I don't know, if we bring in Jimmy G, it'll complete the trifecta of disaster in Washington. And I may be looking for... For
1: a new team, so go commies and thank you, DP. All right, thank you. That's Nick in Virginia. Daniel Snyder did not have a bad day yesterday or today. In comparison to other people in the NFL, he didn't have a bad day. You know, you rolled out the jerseys. It, it it feels like you know we say every year. Well, this is the year. This is the year Daniel Snyder has to sell the team. All right, he just transfers the team over to his wife. You know, they hired minorities in the front office. Um, you know, they got new uniforms there. They hired a coach that people like and Ron Rivera. They, they dropped the uh, nickname, and went Washington football team. All right. So the worst thing is, I don't like the jerseys and commanders. All right. If you're Daniel Snyder, that's not a loss. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's not a bad day for him. Let's put it that way. Uh, Jeff in LA. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today?
0: What's up, DP? Hey bud. Hey, I I got something for you guys to get the seat. And Sorry I meant to get this out earlier to him. But um there is a destination he has to hit on the way back from Vegas to LA. Okay. And it's the only place he can get this in the world. Okay. So there's another SoCal staple besides In and Out, uh called Del Taco. I'm sure Fritz, he's probably been there. Sorry, Fritz. Um but so it originated in Barstow, California. Okay? So that is literally the only place you can get Barstow style Del Taco. It is a staple after you've had a couple pops in Vegas the night before to stop there on the way home, get Barstow style Del Taco and then drive the west of the way back to O C or LA. So All right. I'll uh, sure.
1: I'll pass that on, Jeff. Thank you. A lot of food suggestions. Seaton had I think he said the best ribs he's ever had in his life in Memphis. Although I could understand that Memphis known for their ribs. Now he's going to Houston. I don't know if you go back to back ribs, although they're, they're different style ribs, Sure. but, uh, I sound like Seaton was open to the opportunity of going back to back ribs. Uh, Russ in Nevada joins us. Hi Russ. What's on your mind today? Hey,
0: Dan, uh, just got a little suggestion. You guys have been bantering around some names for Joe Burrow, and uh, there's lots of Joes on that team. So what about
1: Joe Time? Joe Time? All right, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I like the one that they had Joe Burr. <laughs> B-R-R-R-R-R. Joe Burr. Just call him Burr. What did we come up with? Oh, Joe Ohio. Yeah, we've got our T-shirt, Joe, Ohio. I'm alright with that one. Uh, Kyle in Colorado. Hey, Kyle. Dan, Danette. Hey, bud. One uh, six foot, uh, a vigorous one sixty. Thank you.
3: Hey, Fritzy, I, I got a better poll question for you here, man. Go for it. Maybe for hour three. Mm. What is the most impactful game fixing scandal in the history of sports? Is it A? the Boston College Point Shaving Scandal of 78-79, Pete Rose's betting scandal of 89, Tim Donahue's 2007 betting scandal, or the Stephen Ross game fixing. Thanks, Matt Groh.
1: All right. Thank you, Kyle. Well, we don't know about Stephen Ross right now. Now, it's alleged. You know, this is according to Brian Flores. So I don't know that. If, it, if Flores was going to incentivize his head coach to lose games that's going to trump them all. Like Pete was betting and Pete was not a good gambler and Pete admitted to me, the first time he ever admitted this when I was at ESPN, he said he bet on the Reds to win every game. And and people sided with Pete and go, "Oh, well, I mean, that's what you want. You want your manager to bet on your team." Well, S- Pete could manipulate the lineup and you know, he would there were certain guys that certain pitchers he didn't want to bet on. Or he wouldn't bet when there's certain pitchers who were going to start for him. And then all of a sudden you're using a player. You might go to John Franco three nights in a row because you have money. bet. let's put it this way, Pete lost. So whatever he was doing, if he was trying to put the best lineup out there, he didn't do a good job because he lost money. Not a good gambler, but yeah you know, just because you bet on your team to win doesn't mean that you can't manipulate the lineup. And what about the nights that you're not betting on them to win? And if I'm a bookie, Pete is not betting on his team tonight, then all of a sudden you're going, uh, "Hey, might want to drop something on, uh, you know, the, uh, the Giants tonight, against the Reds. But all you're looking for is any kind of inside information. But if Stephen Ross was saying to his coach, I need you to lose because I want to get that quarterback in the draft. And if Brian Flores said to his assistant coaches, or maybe he confided in somebody else, like, what do I do here? My, my owner wants me to lose. If, if this proves to be true, you are, it's not just tanking. You are fixing games. You're fixing games. That's when you lose your team. And, you know, the repercussions that you could have. And now you have the gambling aspect here. Mm. Boy, if I'm the commissioner, uh, I, I got to talk to Stephen Ross. You know, Stephen, help me. Help me understand this. I'm going to ask you one time. Now, here's the other thing, as a source told me during commercial break. Uh, commissioner works for the owners, not the other way around. I said, well, in a situation like this, I would think, as commissioner, I got to police the whole sport for the other owners. Yeah, Paul.
3: But it would be very hypocritical if the uh, commissioner of the league asked for players' phones and records oh, I when they have an incident. They, yeah. I want your phone. Cool. Uh, same thing with the owner. I want your phone. I want your emails to see. Did anyone ever know about you guys losing
1: games? Was ever a financial deal agreed upon? And I, I said this at the time when they was like, oh, you know, Brady won't turn over his phone. I wouldn't turn over my phone, not to the commissioner. I wouldn't do that. Hey, let me see your phone. I'll give you my phone. How's that? Little tradesies here. (laughs) Little quid pro quo. Is he going to ask Stephen Ross for his phone? I would. Billionaires don't give up their phones. All right. When we come back, uh, more phone calls and a career salary game. And also, what are the Lakers doing to my idol, Jerry West? That's next.
2: wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Paulie wants to do a career salary game with Jim Harbaugh. And I thought, okay, you know, he took a pay cut, stay at Michigan. If he goes <laughs> to the Vikings, he's going to get a pay raise there. How many years are we talking about with Jim Harbaugh career salary? I'm trying to include Stanford, uh, 49ers, and Michigan. Okay. Because he was at San Diego State prior to that, I believe. Prior to going to Sto. Okay. Crank it up, Marv. Who's not dancing? Marvin, you don't have any rhythm. Oh, there you go. Marvin's got rhythm now. All right. It's uh, <laughs> really?
3: I got Jim Harbaugh making about $10 million during his days at Stanford. Okay. Uh, then he took a big uh, pay raise. He made about $25 million over his career as the 49ers head coach. Okay. And then I'm going to... He made a lot more at Michigan. <laughs> Who wants to guess? At estimated career salary up to this point for Jim Harbaugh. $60 million. I got it at... Eighty-five million dollars. I got to make almost fifty million dollars up to this point at Michigan. Oh, right. even with a
1: uh, salary cut,
3: forty-nine million dollars in Michigan.
1: Okay, but he's he's <laughs> he's at least seventy million dollars deep in his career. Okay, yeah. goes to uh, the Vikings or the Dolphins. Yep, or he stays at Michigan. Uh, career salary game brought to you by Panini: hottest rookies, biggest superstars, all-time greats. The only place to collect them all: Panini trading cards. The official trading cards of the Dan Patrick show for instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Starter continued collection now at paniniamerica.net. Oh, I saw this story. I was sad. I was sad. Jerry West and the LA Lakers, the rift continues. Um, according to the Athletics' uh, Sam Amick, he noted that the team revoked Jerry West season tickets, uh, now, West is employed by the Clippers, a member of their front office, and the relationship has gone downhill with the Lakers ever since then. Uh, they didn't bring him back in any capacity, despite Jerry West wanting to stay with the Lakers as an executive. But uh, Jerry said that it was a cold phone text to his wife. No one had the nerve to call me, but that's how petty they are, okay? And I love the Lakers, okay? I love to see them do well. It's great for basketball. I'm proud of everything that happened when I was there. I'm proud of everything that happened when I wasn't there. The positives. The Lakers allegedly pulled Jerry and his wife's tickets without any explanation. He spent 14 years there playing. Uh, There was the uh, misstep by Jeannie Buss when she was naming, I think, the top five Lakers of all time or impactful didn't mention Jerry's name. I I think that's an accident on Jeannie's part. But, you know, it was a live interview, I think, that she was conducting. But, you know, Jerry said that, um, you know, he wished that somebody had called. That's sad. You know, I I don't know what the Lakers side of this is. But, I mean, can't you just say, hey, you know what? You're always going to have two tickets. Perpetuity. Like, just somewhere... If he wants to go and you have him in the building, isn't that great, though, for you? That there's a Hall of Famer. There's the logo right there. And then I always wonder, like, is it worth the PR when you go through something like this? Where you go, yeah, come on. Or just say, hey, we want to welcome you into our suite. You and your wife are always welcomed in our suite. Therefore, there's Jerry West. Meet and greet. Come on in. Say hello to Jerry West. Like... I would still, I know he's with the Clippers. They're still in the same building. Just, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody made a mistake. Maybe. Yeah, Paul.
3: If I'm Jerry, I think I'd take my logo back. You know, every <laughs> other team in the league could use it. You guys can't. So I'm going to scrub the floor, the basketballs, the banners. No more logo of me that I didn't get paid for, by the way.
1: What do you think? <sighs>
3: He, he, he did not get any. Uh, no, from what we've he's told you. Well, they don't even acknowledge that it's Jerry. They should just give him a nice check and have him sign off on it. Before. no, that's,
1: they that's it. It's based off of someone who sort of looks like Jerry. They actually have the play. They they freeze frame the play, and they show you Jerry driving, dribbling. I can tell you're starting to get upset. I love Jerry. The new Raiders head coach, Josh McDaniels, will join us. More phone calls coming up, two hours in the books, one more to go.